Hey there, I'm Eric J. Olson. And I'm Kevin Daisy. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hey, everybody, this is Eric J. Olson for yet another episode of the Managing Partners Podcast. In this podcast, we interview America's top managing partners to find out what they're doing to run their firms, grow their firms, and to keep the cases coming in. And today, from my hometown, or at least very close to it, of Norfolk, Virginia, we have Leslie Williams and Sarah Morris. Hey there. Hey, Eric. 757. Yeah, we are all in the 757. So I'm from a little town called Chesapeake, Virginia, and you guys are in Norfolk. Do you, I I know your office is there. Do you live there as well? We do. We do. I'm in Columbia Place, and I live in Larchmont, which is near Old Dominion University. Yep, I know the neighborhoods well. I used to live in Colonial Place. Love the area. Well, cool. This is great because a lot of times we're talking to attorneys from across the country. I love talking to people like any other business owner or attorneys that are local. I love it. This is great. So if you would, tell us a little bit about yourselves and your firm. Yeah, so our firm is female-owned, veteran-owned. We have been in business now for four years as of May of 2018. So yeah, we made a decision before we started our firm to focus only in the area of family law. We made a very conscious decision on that. That's where we both had experience before we started our firm. And it was important for us to not be a jack of all trades. I know some attorneys are all about that, but for us, no, we wanted to focus on family law. And we met each other before we were even attorneys, actually. So, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, um, I think that really makes it actually so amazing because we knew each other's strengths before we became business partners, too. And so that's a real asset. Biggest strength is humor, a lot of laughing. Family law can be kind of crazy circus. And so it's important to put things into perspective, too. Yeah. And my specifically background, I, you know, went from school to school into law school, I think God knew if I took any break, I was not going to ever go back to school. But originally, I wanted to go into intelligence, FBI type route. And then I had an amazing professor way back when who was an attorney. And that kind of brought me into the legal legal course. In addition to um, my, when my parents adopted my sister from China, kind of saw the intersection of law, oh, wow. law and all of that, that mm-hmm. and really the fun side of law, adoption law. And we do that. But primarily, we do a lot of divorce cases, custody, support, and a newer expanded area. Mm. Do you want to talk about co-parenting? Yeah, and co-parenting. So um, my background is that I grew up in the realm of family law. (laughs) So my entire life was dysfunctional growing up. And so it kind of gave me this heart for it. But I did not go school, school, school. I went school, military, school, and working full-time for Department of services in North Carolina. I did child support enforcement. And then it was there that the child support enforcement attorney and the judge that we were consistently in front of kind of encouraged me, you know, maybe, maybe you could do more. And so, yeah, I was like, well, let's try it. (laughs) And then I did. Yeah. So, yeah. And so I really have a heart for co-parenting. I have a co-parent and, you know, we're always learning and growing in that, especially through the ages of you know, our son who's 15 now and in ninth grade. And so it's, yeah, I basically get to use my experience, good, bad, and the ugly in helping to, you know, guide our clients through 
really terrible things. Yeah, it's it's interesting how you, you, you both touched on that, how with family law, it, it can be difficult. These are difficult situations, obviously, with divorce, but there's also a, a bright side to it, right? There's mm -hmm. co-parenting, how you can make that successful. There's also giving people kind of this new lease on life, right? Like let them out of the situation that they're in, guide them into another situation that's hopefully better for them. So there's, there's an awful lot of positive as well that can come from it. Now, I know with the pandemic, it seems like family law had kind of like a big boom for a while when boom, the, the boom. lockdown started. Is, is that still happening? Yeah, yeah, it is. And we're still seeing the fallout, unfortunately. I mean, just like many other spheres are of what isolation has done for many yeah. people and their marriages, their children, kind of an intersection, though, with family law, big intersection for us that we take very seriously is mental health. Yeah. I mean, my dad's a psychiatrist. We, we have friends who are therapists. And so personally, we know the importance of taking care of our mental health. And we really try to help our clients understand the importance of that, too, of getting into therapy. You know, the law can only do so much. The judge can only do so much. And so we we view that in a holistic way, too. So mental health is big at our firm. We talk yeah. about it. We talk about it during consultations, too, which, you know, some people may be like, oh, isn't that too much? No, because mm. we need to know, too, what's going on, especially when it comes to custody cases. And yeah. Sure all of yeah. that but um yeah would you say too leslie we're seeing the fallout yeah i mean the fallout continues to today i think you know i'm a big proponent of the fact that like if stuff's emerging now it's probably been festering for a while right. anyway and so kind of to your point eric was that you know sometimes we are giving people a new lease on life they've just mm -hmm. gotten to the point where they're like i just don't want to do this anymore and so we really believe in more of like an all person type of lawyering, which is a little different than a lot of our colleagues. Um, we actually have a network of therapists that we refer people to. We have financial planners. We That's have, great. you know, even down to like babysitters and, you know, realtors. And, mm -hmm. and so like, that's really important to us is to be able to have like vetted individuals and professionals that can also help our clients so we can like pass them on. So yeah. we're not just like, leaving them in the dark, mm -hmm. um, you know, and then we, like, like we mentioned earlier, you know, we continue to assist our clients after their cases are over. If they do have children through co-parenting coaching and that sort of thing. I think that's great. All the things that you both just said is fantastic because, you know, like in your profession, you're going to get paid for legal fees if you help people get divorced. But it sounds like there's even a lot of discussion up front about, is this the right thing? And right. be prepared on the back end and probably a lot of extra you know, time and touches with the client, if you will, basically interactions where uh, you, you may not be able to charge fees, right? But you, but it's the right thing to do to get these people going in the right direction, or maybe, maybe not even send them in that direction, right? Maybe there's another way. Maybe the counseling is the way. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, that's true. And there are oftentimes after consultation, we'll say to people, you really, in my opinion, don't need us right now, but here's when I think you will need us. So, yeah. so yeah, every, every case is so different and we believe in reconciliation too. Believe yeah. it. Divorce attorneys do believe yeah. in reconciliation. It's just when most people come to us, they have tried those things. Mm -hmm. They have tried therapy or co-count, you know, counseling, that kind of thing. And so we're able to give them the legal tools when they want to have a change. Yeah. And I'm sure it's actually quite fulfilling if you could help someone reconcile or give them a suggestion and then, you know, it doesn't have to go down that route. So I would imagine it's a win-win no matter what. Yeah, it is. And we also believe in the fact that not all cases need to go to the court. 
And we actually, which might be the antithesis to what most divorce attorneys would say is like, let's go to court, let's fight, let's get all the, all the funds. At the end of the day, and we'll talk about this later, I'm sure, but like, Mm -hmm. we like referrals. Mm -hmm. And so we really don't want to take people's children's college funds away from them. (laughs) They can go fight for something in court that they have maybe a 50-50 chance of getting. So it's like, I'm happy if you want to pay my law school debt. (laughs) I'm totally cool with that. However, comma, maybe we should look at all options to try to resolve this. And even if we can't resolve everything through some type of like, you know, dispute resolution tools, maybe we can resolve most of it. And then we're taking very limited things in front of the judge. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So referrals, you mentioned that. And and this is, you know, we're, we're a digital marketing agency. So we're always interested in finding out how law firms are getting new leads, new clients, prospective clients, how they're handling them. Uh, can we talk about referrals first? So yeah. uh, referrals, I assume, is a pretty big part of getting new clients, referrals from existing clients. Yes. Yeah, so actually, we <laughs> didn't really even start doing any type of other like paid marketing until about eight months ago. Um, so our first like about three and a half years was just based off of referrals from our prior clients, but also referrals mm-hmm. through our attorney partner network. We've been really purposeful about sitting down when we first started our business and saying like, who are these attorneys that we know that have tangentially related businesses to us? So for instance, criminal defense attorneys, Mm -hmm. real estate attorneys, you know, all of these types of like, they're touching, but we're not conflicting. And then being purposeful about meeting with them, getting to know them if we don't know them first. And then the people that we do know saying like, hey, If you get these types of people who are in need of family law attorneys, this is what we're about. This is what we will provide to the client. If you, if we get somebody, this is what we'd like to do. This is how Mm -hmm. we'd like them to be taken care of. Do we think this is a partnership that can work? And Eric, that has been about 80% of our new clients has been a referral partner network. And we just continue to build that and build it. Um, And then we also do marketing. You know, we got our pay-per-clicks and our AdWords and all of our things. And and that just really kind of got it started recently over the past, like this year. So, Mm -hmm. and we're really seeing a lot of, um, a lot coming in with that, but it's pay to play. So it's a numbers game, you know what I mean? And without a solid foundation in place to do that, that is impossible for a law firm to keep up with. I agree. Yeah, that's a great point. You have to have the foundation first before you start like, you know, turning on the spigot and and getting more cases than you would through just referrals and and organically. So you mentioned pay-per-click. So we're talking about what Google search in particular. Mm -hmm. How about like uh, Facebook, social media ads? You do do that too? Good for you. We do that. For us, it's really also about when it comes to Instagram, having that presence, you know? Yeah and find us but you know that's not the the way that we're banking on that people are only going to know about us it is through those referrals like leslie is talking about mm-hmm. that we've seen the the clients come who mm-hmm. who want our services but yeah we're all about the insta so <laughs> we're trying <laughs> i love instagram although although i'm starting to love tiktok a little bit more to be honest you know what? that's our next thing we're not on tiktok yet but stay tuned eric we're not on tiktok but our assistant keeps going i, know. I need you on tiktok i'm oh. like it's crazy. It's, <laughs> we don't have a TikTok service here, but I do TikTok for myself, which is from a lot of the podcasts that we record. And it'll, I mean, we'll get thousands of, of views on, on every one of those videos that I post. But there's also, uh, we have some other lawyers that post regularly on TikTok and they'll get tens of thousands of views crazy and thousands of likes. And I know a realtor who does it as well. And it's, it's constant, like, 
and they get a lot of business from it. So mm -hmm. TikTok seems to be really a, a place of interest for lawyers. If you're okay with putting yourself in front of the camera and Instagram right. should be a lot like that as well. Kind of the personal mm -hmm. side, the social side, right? And that's the side that we're like, what do you mean? People want to know that we're real people? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no. The attorneys they could go to. So yeah, it's important yeah. for us that people well, you're, know we are. You're very personable. Like you, you like to talk. You right? So like you would do very well in front of the camera like that. So I, if you start a TikTok, I'll be your first follower. How about okay. that? All right, Aaron. We're going to hold have, you to it. Yeah, we have witnesses. Many witnesses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is going to be public one day. So, <laughs> well, cool. Hey, uh, on your marketing, how are you handling that? Are you doing that in-house? You mentioned an assistant. Is he or she helping? Yeah, so our assistant does help us with some things, but with marketing, we actually have a company that helps us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah, they're helping us with the SEOs and all that fun stuff. But yeah. I will say, I mean, the if I if somebody's starting off and wanting to hire one person and thinking about marketing, in our opinion, it's really important to have that foundation, like Leslie said, from the beginning, because you could have the calls coming in, but the foundation for us is really having somebody to field those calls first, mm -hmm. having a system that tracks the ROI, what's working. I mean, if you're not tracking it, if we weren't tracking it, we wouldn't know what ads are working, right. as you know. So it's like we could throw money out, but how do we even know what's sticking? Right. Because sometimes, you know, we ask people when they call what our intake specialists that we have, you know, we'll, we'll try to ask, well, how did you hear about us? Well, everybody says Google, but was yeah. it the ad? Was it, yeah. was it Facebook that popped up? People don't always remember. Right. I mean, I wouldn't remember if I was, you know, experiencing a trauma of meeting a family law attorney. What did I search necessarily? Mm -hmm. So it's important to have that tracking mm -hmm. to see what's working. Yeah. yeah. Now, the thing is, usually that tracking requires a paid piece of software. All right. Mm -hmm. So that's yet another expense. So, but it does require an investment. So, yes. and you know, you, you can do without tracking, but it's best to know what's really producing, especially if you're putting the money in, like it's, you mentioned it's pay, pay to play, like with, in particular with Google ads, mm -hmm. you will not get a lead unless you pay Google. And if you turn it off, the leads go away. So if you're going to be paying for every single click, you really want to know if one ad is producing five times as many leads as the other ad. If so, guess what? You want to shift your money over. But if you don't have that tracking software, you'll never know. Yeah. And I would go a step further or actually not a step further, but a step back. Because if we start our firm and we didn't first know who we were even going for and what yep. kind of firm we are, I mean, we, we got real clear about our ideal client. Because we're not for everybody, and we're okay. We're okay with <laughs> we're that. okay with that. There's enough. There's enough attorneys in the sea. You know, yeah. it's fine. Like, and we actually tell our clients that we have a pretty robust consultation interview sheet that we've been developing over the past ever since we've been practicing. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you do have to get little step by step by step. The practice management program that we use actually started having a CRM program attached to it. Wow. And so we started tracking it on our own just yeah. with our referrals. And so as we're doing that, we're like, oh, okay. And then it's like, oh, did you know that this system does this thing? No, I had no idea the system did this thing. Let's use this thing this month, you know? And it's just been yeah. such a slow roll. So yeah. I think like the thing I'm thinking of in this conversation is it seems like this just started happening but this has really been our entire business's like trajectory to right now. And now we're the spigot is working. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the, the overnight success four years in the making. Right. right. Yeah. And also add 
too, you know, what some people may not know about family law is it can take sometimes even a year before, you know, they come for the consultation or we found them, they found us. And then when they're ready to get started, because sometimes people, you know, they want to take time. They're not in court. They can take time. And then all of a sudden, if they're served with something, for example, it's like, now I need you, Leslie. Yeah. Now I need you, Sarah. Yeah. And so that I think that's could be a little different than other areas of law, like criminal defense or PI. It's like, I need an attorney right now. Mm. Not always in family law. Right. We're about to go over on time. Do you have a few more minutes? Yeah, sorry. Couple more minutes. Like, sorry. Yeah. Okay. I, I just wanted to make sure that we're, you don't have a hard stop. It is interesting that you said that because that happens a lot with us as well. Like we'll, we'll talk to a, a law firm and they're like, no, we're good. We're good. We're, and then three months later, I'll get an email. Hey, we're ready to talk. Mm -hmm. And so it, What's interesting as a marketer is that they may, when that happens, it's kind of almost luck that they remember you because so much has happened in their lives in the world in the last, say, three months between when you last talked to them and when they finally reach out. And that's why it's important, I think, to remind people that you exist, right? Mm -hmm. And so things like an email newsletter and not mm -hmm. abusing it, you don't want to send like an email every day unless you advertise that up front, but like, you know, just keep yourself in their minds or yeah. social media, like Instagram or TikTok, right? If, if every time I open up TikTok or every fifth time I open up TikTok, I see someone that I'm thinking about maybe one day doing a deal with them, that helps remind me that they're still there because I'll, I'll forget. And people, I'm guessing other people are like me as well. They'll forget. Yeah. Do you have any systems in place for like dripping emails or reminding people who have reached out for a consultation, but didn't actually pull the trigger? Do you have any systems in place to remind them that you exist and to maybe one day help them remember to come around. Hey there, this is Eric J. Olson, the CEO of Array Law. If you're ready to work with a world-class digital marketing company, reach out. You can find us online at ArrayLaw.com or call us at any time, 757-333-3021. We do right now for people that have found us that have had consultations and we're slowly building up to then the six months later, year later, that kind of thing with our CRM mm -hmm. system that Leslie mentioned. So. It's really a direct call straight from our assistant. She yeah. keeps herself on a schedule nice. and then she calls mm -hmm. and she's the one because it's that personal touch that we really feel like that's kind of us period. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you know, it, I think the rub for us is, okay, the bigger we get, how do we make this scalable? Right. And so that's always the conversation that's being had from like quarter to quarter, year to year is how do we continue to make sure that we are taking care of our clients in a way that feels good to us and for us and is representative of us, but also knowing that, you know, we're doing something wrong. If in five more years, it's Sarah and Leslie doing everything. That's right. That's you know what I mean? So it's like, that's right. well, yeah. and, and that's, that's, what's really smart about the way that you built your firm so far, in my opinion, is that in the beginning, what you had was your reputation and your network and you leveraged that, right? So you got clients and then you leveraged that to get a bigger network and to get referrals. But at some point you kind of start to like tap that out, right? You can only reach your, if you, if you're only going after your network, it can only get really so big unless mm -hmm. you do something else like scaling it on social media or by driving more people into your network intentionally versus you just bumping into them or a client who's happy with your services from a previous engagement remembers to refer you. And some clients may never even get an opportunity to provide you a referral because they never have a friend that needs this. Right. People right. joke to us too. They're like, huh, thanks for, you know, I'm glad you have a business. Thanks for your social media, your blogs, but huh, I hope I never need you. And I hope I never have a friend that needs you. Yeah. Like, 
Well, yeah. you may, because, you know, it can be a sensitive subject talking yeah. about family law mm -hmm. and the kinds of clients and cases we serve. Yeah. But, um, you know, but we also expand our social network too, mm -hmm. our professional social network. So right. like Sarah is in a BNI chapter that is like very robust here in Norfolk. And like, I am in our Hampton Roads Chamber of Commerce Lead 757 program, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. We both like to volunteer. Like, yeah. we love this. Yeah, and that's mean, like, definitely opened up different spheres, yeah. not just boring attorneys, you know, other people and business owners. Yeah. And, you know, so that's, yeah, that's been really good. Yeah. Kevin just went, Kevin, my business partner, Kevin Daisy, he just went to a BNI meeting in Norfolk like a week ago. Did you bump into him? Oh Sarah? my gosh. You know what? The name sounds familiar. It was a large group. Now I'm trying, I have to think about, I need to look at my roster to see. Was that when was you there. did the, the speech? Wasn't that the was last he, Was it live or was he on? It, um, it was live. It was last week. Oh, you know, let me, uh, we were now, now, we're, now we're way off track. We were, were on Zoom last week, so I'm wondering if it was a different chapter. Yeah, it might have been. Because, yeah, we, we meet uh, live, well, this live is, person on the first Wednesday of This is him here. You can see that. Yeah. Huh. Okay, I'll check my roster again. It may have been a different group. Huh. <laughs> well, obviously, you know, yeah, it's a great, there are great chapters. And you, and it's, it's made up of business owners that I would never have met because mm -hmm. I'm just not in their orbit. They're not in mine. That's right. Well, you, you kind of have to put yourself out there, right? And and a lot of times we're running businesses. We, you know, we don't have time. We got other obligations. But it really, it seems like it kind of needs to be part of the job. And especially now that the world is, and by the way, for anyone who's listening or watching, watching now, the published date is going to be several months after the recording day. So we're recording this in the middle of May, 2020. The economy is just really starting to open back up after the pandemic. Mm -hmm. People are starting to get back out. But I think it's a really good opportunity for people now to get back out versus really wait for this whole coronavirus thing to pass because there's an opportunity. A lot of people are still hunkered down. They may not be going to in-person events. If you do that, if you're, you know, if you're concerned about the risk and are willing to take the risk, then it's actually, in my opinion, a competitive advantage to get out into the world now versus waiting till later. Yeah. The real world. Yeah. And the real world. About it. I mean, we purposefully, you know, you you said we have to be purposeful about having connections like this. Sarah and I did not want to make that a thing. When, I mean, it's very difficult to find that balance, mm -hmm. but you just have to yeah. put it in your schedule and yeah. do it. And it's like, it's if it's important, you'll make time for it. So every okay. week we try to be purposeful with one hour a week that we're actually meeting with another business owner or another mm -hmm. referral partner. To Excellent. Like, yeah. That's great. When it comes to your marketing, what is something that's working better than you maybe would have expected it to right now? I would think it was just the Google AdWords, but yeah. it's a numbers game. It is a numbers game. I would say that and a new hire that, you know, is a related point that we had made a couple months ago for to have an intake specialist. Mm -hmm. And nice. that's working out great when you yeah. find the right person. We call it the right person in the right seat. Right. Traction. You know, traction, retraction. <laughs> it's pretty dead. It's back there somewhere. There's the it's not there. We're still getting through it, you know. Oh, and, uh, my God, and, I don't know where it is. But yeah, it makes such a difference to have that as part of the foundation, a person, you know, not every business can have this right now, but yeah. to have somebody who's committed to taking those referrals through the whole pipeline, we call it, you know, our, in our CRM. Yeah. But yeah. You've you mentioned your CRM a couple of times. Do you mind sharing which CRM it is? We actually use Clio Grow. That's part of our Clio uh, managed practice management software. It's just easy at this point and we don't need anything too robust. But, you know, when we start tapping out on the ability to utilize its 
total package, then we'll look into something new. But for now, it works and we get a discount. And so, you know, we look it over. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I love the discount. No, it's great. It's just it's obviously it's a, a world class tool and it's, it's used very widely. Mm -hmm. yeah. well, so, so I asked you what's working on the converse. What's not really working as well as you thought maybe it, it should or something maybe that you stopped doing a little while ago? Well, there was a magazine that we paid a lot of money for to be in for a whole year. And it's a great local magazine. However, how many people did we get from that, Leslie? We didn't even get one <laughs> phone call, which is really funny because somebody actually found us in there for something we didn't pay for and was a fabulous client. Yeah. And so we were like, "Let, yeah, sure. We'll why not? Now. We'll pay. We'll pay for a year. Not yeah. one cent. But you know what? Like Live and learn. Live, Live and learn. learn. I have a similar experience. Yeah where I advertised in a local business magazine for a year yeah. and a journal, and it cost you know, a decent chunk of change, wow. over $10,000 for the whole year. And I got one person, one person mentioned it to me, and it was someone that I already knew who was that they weren't going to become a client. And that was it. No one else even mentioned it to me. And so it was incredibly discouraging. I've also had that experience with just newspapers in general. So, and at least locally, I mean, I've been subscribed to the newspaper in a long, long time, but locally we have the main newspaper for the entire region. And then there's inserts for the individual cities. And I had a little bit of success with an ad in the insert for the city. So I thought, let me put an ad in the, the regional newspaper. It'll go to the entire region and nothing, crickets. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's, you have to be like, I think when it comes to publications, I, I think there is a place yes. for print. Mm -hmm. If it's very specific, mm -hmm. like right. incredibly niched, mm -hmm. then it can make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. It didn't make much sense for us in the mm -hmm. long run, but, and you, you know, know, we were, yeah, we were like you, I think we spent like $5,000 over a year, which was a lot of money when it's just the two of us. And it's yeah. like, it was the first time we did anything with marketing where we paid. So we were like, <laughs> we thought to ourselves like at the end of the day you know what it's fine now like, we live and learn now we won't use this and that doesn't mean we still can't leverage other things through those publications but very specifically like you said so mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah. We it's not yeah live and learn. for us not for us i mean all of our friends saw it and then would like they're like right. take, take pictures and text it to us you're in the magazine and i'm like <laughs> Okay, this is the wrong demographic if we're getting all of our friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It, it can be like that on social media sometimes too, where your friends see and you're like, okay, that's that's cool. I'm glad you saw me, but I want my phone to ring. <laughs> right. Clicking on the ads, I'm paying for those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't click on those. Do okay. me a favor. <laughs> we call that though going off, don't go after the shiny object. And right. sometimes you don't know what the shiny object is until you try it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's Agreed. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And you know, that's a good point. I think if you do try, like we were talking about TikTok before, I think if you're going to do something like that, then you really need to have a plan yeah. and, and you need to understand where you're about to get into. So like, let's say you're any of us, anyone listening, I was thinking about starting TikTok, like you have to have some sort of commitment. You have to know, like, I'm going to, we had, we had talked about like the in-person meetings, right? You said one hour a week, like you made a commitment. We're going to spend one hour a week getting in front of other business owners and other people in the community. You have a plan. Even if it's not written down, you have a plan on how you're going to execute. So any kind of shiny new object, you mm -hmm. probably want to watch it for a little while. Yeah. Come up with a plan. When are we going to make this content if it's social media? Are yeah. we really willing to put our faces and our voices out there for everyone to see? Yeah. Yeah, because we did that for a while. Like we started doing videos during COVID because mm -hmm. we were like, well, we have some time. We're bored. <laughs> we have time. Let's do it. And we were 
were pretty consistent with it. And then when everything kind of opened back up a little bit in 21, like after summer of 21, we realized like we weren't able to be as consistent. And so now, you know, with the urging of our assistant, she's like, we need to like get this back up and running. And we're like, but we need to do this in a way that we can keep up with it. Yeah. Cause like, I can't take five hours to do three hours worth of video right now. Like I can't do that. So, so yes, having a plan. I agree. Great. Yeah. Speaking of plans, what are your growth plans for the next few years? Oh, growth plans. So we actually have our 2022 plans that we did in December of last year were hire an intake specialist in Q1. That's done. Mm. And then by the end of the year, we want to have a paralegal for the both of us and then in an office manager, and we're looking to potentially add a new attorney. So that's fantastic. That's what we're hoping for. Are you going to outgrow your office? I don't think so, but here's what I know. Sarah and Leslie can get another office at a Regis Center in downtown Norfolk for not very much. So if we got to surrender our office for all of our staff members, <laughs> we're okay. <that's> cool. <laughs> You'll sacrifice. There's a model for that. Yeah, there's a model. For that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Well, and that's with COVID too. I mean, we've learned, I think most businesses have the beauty of bobbing and weaving, we Mm -hmm. call it, with technology. I mean, most people realize for their jobs, they don't have to be in the office every single hour for the day. Right. And so if we trust our employees to do their job, then we want that ability to, for them to be working virtual when they're able to, when it's fit. Unless we're doing trial prep. I'm like, I need you here. I need help with my trial binder. I mean, we have enough offices to put two more, two, three, potentially three more bodies in the firm. Mm -hmm. But again, you know, we still want to be conscientious to the fact that like COVID is still a thing. Mm -hmm. And again, to be conscientious to the fact that we don't have to do that. Like you don't need to be here. I mean, our assistant is completely remote. We just have to be purposeful about how we do that. And so, you know, we continually learn from other business owners and through podcasts and mm-hmm. books on how to continue to build a culture, even if people aren't in the building. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Cause when done right, it can feel like that person team member is literally with you. I mean, we're very yeah. purposeful about meetings. We call them, you know, morning and afternoon roundups mm-hmm. and oh, nice. And yeah, we may have to make a trip to El Salvador soon. Yeah, to- that's where our assistant lives. See Daniela, she'll be going on our website soon. She's she's finished. Sounds her- like a business expense to me. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I, I appreciate your time. This has been very educational and fun, frankly. Thank if you. someone would like to reach out to you, if they have questions, if they have a case for you, a referral, what is a good way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, so... We have our website at morriswilliamslaw.com. They can click a form with their information to schedule a consultation. They can call us, our intake specialist, Daniela, at 757-226-9425. Or we are also on Instagram, like we said, at Williams Family Law. And TikTok soon. TikTok soon. Potentially TikTok soon. Stay tuned. Taking it over. All right. That was a lot of fun. I appreciate your time. All right, everybody. If you would like to see other fun and educational podcast episodes like this, you can find our entire backlog at ArrayLaw.com slash podcast. Every one of our episodes is tagged by the practice area of the law firm that we're discussing and also by the state. So you can really drill down to find exactly what you're looking for. And if you're looking for digital marketing for your law firm, check out my company, ArrayLaw.com. We specialize in websites, SEO, digital ads, and social media. Leslie and Sarah, thanks so much. Thank you, Eric. Have a great day.
We've been recording this podcast free of charge for years. Hopefully, you're getting amazing value out of it. We don't ask for much, but would you do us one favor? Would you tell just one person about this podcast? If you get any value whatsoever, all we ask, and we'd greatly appreciate it, is share the podcast with one person just like you.